Welcome to the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast with your host, Luke Sawhook. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the second episode of the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast. This week, we'll be joined with uh, my very, very handsome friend who's also verified on Twitter because he's really handsome. Uh, and he's also verified on StreamYard for anyone who's watching the the, the live stream right now on Twitch. Um, also, if you're listening to this and you want to watch the show live, uh, it's live every Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. Uh, times will be announced the day of, but it's usually around 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so if you want to catch the video version live, uh, head over to Twitch uh, or you can watch replays over there on Twitch as well. Akash, how you doing? What's up, bro? Am I frozen? You are frozen, but you look, you look very uh, handsome frozen, so it's fine. Your voice Crazy. is good, though. Thank you, man. That's crazy. I don't know what's happening. That's fine. You can just do the audio for now. It's cool. Anyways, uh, we're going to be talking about the rookie quarterbacks in this uh, little episode here. Should be fun. I have not talked to you about rookie quarterbacks yet, I think, which is going to be interesting. I'm very curious to hear your opinions on some of these guys. This is prospects in terms of real-life NFL talent, as long as, uh, you know, along with fantasy football, of course. It's still pretty early. You know, it's only February. Haven't got to combine. Haven't got the pro days, haven't got to like official visits or anything like that yet. Uh, but, you know, once those things start to roll around, we're really going to get a sense of where these guys are going to land in the NFL. And obviously from there, we're going to get a better sense of, you know, what the fantasy football landscape is going to look like uh, with these quarterbacks. So from there, uh, let's just get it started. Like, who is your quarterback one right now? Right now, it's Bryce Young. Very good, really good passing efficiency in college. Um, projected to be the number one quarterback drafted. We could see some. I think it'll probably be the number one. stuff happen. Yeah, should be. We uh, we've seen some some weird like edgy mocks where the Colts do the the uh, the race the thing. Trade up. The, yeah, they do the thing where they trade up, but instead of picking Bryce Young, they're like. We want the tall white quarterback, so they pick Levis. I've seen right. some mocks like that, uh, so maybe. I really like CJ Stroud as well. They're both fantastic college passers. Yeah, I'll, I'll get in. I'll get into Stroud right now because for me, I don't know if you see on Twitter. Yeah. I think right now, it's, again, it's still pretty early in the process, but for me right now, Stroud's my QB one. Um, I, I think you. Young and Stroud are both very talented, but for me, it's a couple things that I think that put Stroud above Young for me, and I think the most important thing for me with Stroud is I think he has a stronger arm. Like, if you watch Young's mm-hmm. tape, I don't know if you've watched the tape on either of these guys. I know you're more of an analytical uh, kind of person. Like, I, for me, like, I really value, like, what I see on film for these players. I watch highlights. Okay, you watch highlights. Fair enough, I guess. But I watch the entire games, usually, on the Dynasty Nerd film room. Um, mm-hmm. Not a plug. I don't work for them anymore. But their film room is amazing. It's very cheap. And you can see, like, every snap of every game for the quarterbacks or nice. running backs or wide receivers or whatever you're you're watching. But for Stroud, when I was watching him throw, um, he's just he's extremely accurate, and he has a stronger arm than Young. And like for for me, I think a thing that people are kind of, I think underrating about Stroud is his mobility. Like I know he's not known to be very quick, but I think he's mobile enough. Like I think that people are are, are kind of like comparing Young and Stroud and talking about their mobility, like how Young can move a little bit more. Yeah, I think like Stroud is not a statue. Like he's not like. Um, Carson Strong, uh, people remember that name. He fell off pretty hardcore, unfortunately. But, like, people really liked Carson Strong. He was, a, he was, like, a pure pocket guy. I wasn't really a big fan. But he, like, he was, like, a statue. Like, he could not move. 
like at all. Uh, Stroud is, uh, I think he has plenty of pocket mobility, honestly. I think he also has the ability to get out and scramble if he needs to. Kind of like um, like a little slower Joe Burrow is what I would say. Like he, he, he can run, but not great. Like he can get in the open field if he has to. But I think that the biggest thing what I was saying is with Stroud, when I watch Stroud, when I watch Young, they're both accurate. They're both smart. They both have good pocket awareness. Stroud has a little bit more velocity on the ball. And that's the thing that I personally enjoy about his film more than Young. And then also, if you're looking for a tiebreaker between the two, I know Young is really focused on bulking up right now, but he is still pretty small. I don't really care about his height that much, personally. I know some people do. But for me, the weight is a bit of a concern for Young. I think that he is pretty light. Uh, so a little bit of a durability issue, red flag, I, I guess. Tiny. I, I'm not the biggest fan of hating on people because of size. Um, but I think when you're talking tiebreakers, I think I give a bit of a lean towards Stroud personally. Yeah. So the thing uh, that you're talking about, about watching watching film, do you know Theo Ash? Um, I know the name. Yeah, he's a uh, TikToker analyst. TikToker has a derogatory connotation, but he is a good film analyst. He has a, <laughs> grown a very good following and he's good at what he does. What he what he does on Twitter though that I see sometimes that's very funny to me is he's dunking on a lot of uh bad film analysts and he's right. like he's like um this is wrong with this film analyst I guarantee that you click on their bio you're gonna see fantasy football so it's very funny um, oh yeah how, I know who that is I know who that is, is. I know who is yeah it's it's funny and so whenever I see that I think in my head like personally I I could never. I can never trust myself to give him any better of a film take, no matter like if I could, I could spend a lot of time on it. I don't think I would get significantly better between like an average fan watching like with an eye test, like, cause you have an eye test, you've watched football for years. You right. can have an idea of like, Oh yeah, that looks good. And that wasn't good as an eye test, but then you have analysts that can actually break it down. Like I think if I spent significant time, I can maybe go from here, maybe to here. I can never get up to a proficient level of analysis in watching film. So I'm, I, I I could watch the film and I could see like, yeah, he's he's mobile and he can move around, but I wouldn't know how to translate that into where into like an actual uh take of how good I think he's gonna be in the NFL. Um, but I do know that all of that thing, all of those things that show up on the film, they translate into the production and sure, yeah, for sure. That, we can look at how good he was in college in that respect and use that to try to predict. So that's like the mentality that I carry. So like, I don't know, like your audience is, is big and it's grown a lot, which is awesome. But there might be some people who aren't familiar with the side of uh, analysts that don't watch any film and they just go purely up on numbers. And it, it seems weird because football is a very, uh, a very film driven game when you have, very, you got that dog in them sport, pretty much every single analyst you see on TV watches a little bit of film right so when you have analysts who do fantasy football who don't watch any film at all it can be kind of off-putting but i think it's important to remember that for any process there's going to be a lot of hits and there's going to be a lot of misses and for if sure. you can develop a good process with numbers and you can have a fair fair amount of hits like i'm not going to give a lot of reality takes for these quarterbacks just because i'm staying in my own lane of trying to predict the fantasy points and right. so like anthony richardson for example Anthony Richardson in college, um, his passing numbers were not terrific. Uh, they were they were very 
the, the like his completion percentage was low, his efficiency is not great. And so when you're looking at a player like that, um, but you see like if you if I was just looking at Anthony Richardson's profile, um, just the numbers, I would say, okay, maybe he's more of a day two kind of guy. But if he's gonna go in like the mid first round with that, then you're looking at a profile that, at least for fantasy, is very appealing because you have the first round draft capital and you have a rushing a lot of rushing potential and mm. you say that okay with that you don't need significant passing numbers to get to fantasy relevant production um but then from an nfl standpoint i will say that i i don't i want to give a take on like where he should be within the other quarterbacks but i will give the take of with if the consensus has him as a first round talent if you're in the middle of the first round and you have a mediocre quarterback like say you're the the giants for example and your options you have you have several options but say let's say you just have the option of daniel jones for maybe 45 is too much say daniel jones for 40 million or anthony richardson and you let jones walk dude daniel jones if he gets Which 40 million dollars that's gonna be the greatest heist of all time absolutely like you have this <laughs> replaceable production um that you're paying a lot of money for and that leads you to not being able to build a good team around him like the entire reason that you have a daniel jones and that reason that you can make the playoffs they did overachieve this year but the whole crux of it is that you have a daniel jones that draft the first round you have four years of his rookie contract and you're able to build a good team around him that's what the the better example would be jalen hurts and the eagles that's what they were able to do right jalen hurts is a fantastic quarterback so you pay him what he's worth but when you have a daniel jones level passer you can let him walk draft anthony richardson in the first round and get another four or five years out of a rookie quarterback with maybe he's not good and if that's the case you re-roll in two to three years but if he, if he if he is great then you've hit on a franchise quarterback if he's just average then you're able to build a good team around him and you're able to to get your way into the playoffs uh with the team around him multiple years and then you can try to just succeed off of that but I think there could be nothing worse than paying Daniel Jones forty to forty-five million. Like I, remember last year yeah. we would do we would do these podcasts, and I would talk about, hey man, Daniel Jones, he could he could turn it around a little bit in the system. And I was like one of Daniel Jones somehow, some way, I ended up being one of Daniel Jones' biggest defenders. Now we we're on Daniel the opposite side. He's, he's our underrated yeah. Konami. He's a good fantasy. Love. He's a good fantasy quarterback. But I have to hate on him from a reality standpoint, not on him. I just have to be like, don't pay this guy $45 million or $40 million. Oh, dude, let him walk. It'd be horrible. Yeah. You let him walk. Um, you're not going to be missing much. He, he for, for what it's worth, he is not a bottom of the league passer. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I, I definitely don't fine. think that Daniel Jones is worth it. I think I totally agree that rolling the dice on a guy like Anthony Richardson later in the first round or in the middle round, I think would be much more valuable and wise investment for the giants in terms mm-hmm. of their, their capital in general. Um, but okay. So we talked about a little bit about Stroud. We talked a little bit about young. Let's yes. talk a little bit about, we talked Bill a little Reddit. bit about Richardson here, but let's go, let's dive more into Richardson. Okay. So, I mean, I think for fantasy, I think he definitely has the highest ceiling of any of these quarterbacks. If he were to pan out, I mean, he, he's, he feels a, a lot like Malik Willis to me as a prospect last year in terms of like, mm. like the style of prospect. It's it's different because like it's you not know, style of prospect because they are different at least from what I've seen. They have different size, um, different conferences. Uh, no, I very, just mean I just mean like in terms of a uh, the discourse this, is the this same. Prospect is a guy who is extremely raw. He's uh he's a project. 
but his his uh his physical abilities are phenomenal. Like it's similar to that. He feels a little bit better than Willis in terms of his physical attributes. Uh, in my opinion, he's yeah, he's bigger, he's bigger, he, and he has a better he's... arm. I don't know about how about the speed comparison. Um, Me neither. But they're, they're, anyway, I mean, he's a physical specimen. I mean, let's let's be honest here. I mean, Richardson yeah. is a long term project guy who can develop into one of the most you know electrifying dual threat quarterbacks in the NFL. If everything goes right, if everything goes wrong, I mean, that buddy's going to be greeting me at Walmart in a few years. If everything goes wrong for Anthony Richardson. Like his his floor <laughs> is not existent. Like he doesn't have a very good floor, like at all. Yeah, um, that's the case but, for pretty much every uh, college quarterback. Right, but I'm saying like the, more the mentality. It's, more so it's a it's these. very it's more likely that he hits that floor than say a younger uh, Stroud because those guys were a lot better passers in college and they did so for more years and at younger ages. Uh, yeah, so I, agree, I, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, yeah, I'm I trying to think of recent quarterback prospects capital. who I would call them. The thing What's with Richardson is going to be draft capital for sure, though, because like we saw the same thing with Malik Willis last year. Where you know yeah. he's gonna look really good in shorts. Anthony Richardson is. He's gonna rise during the combine. He's gonna rise during his pro day. He's gonna have put together some really electrifying workouts. His highlights are gonna be circulating on ESPN all off season long. I posted that um, highlight of that throw he made at the practice field like five times this past week. So it's partially my fault too. Um, but you know what I mean. Like you're part I, of the mainstream players, media now. I am. Players like that are going to rise up the draft board. It's the way it works. Like every, everyone wants those elite physical tools, that raw potential. Um, you know, I, so it's, it's really going to be fascinating to see where he lands on draft. I think if he lands first or early second round draft capital, he's going to be a lot more interesting for fantasy. And I honestly really wish we, we saw Malik Willis earn some of that higher draft capital to see what his situation would have looked like. Um, Tennessee, honestly, now that we've seen him there, is probably one of the worst landing spots he could have gone to because he was kind of thrown in a situation where he had like no weapons, didn't get a chance to pass the ball very much. It's really, really bad. Uh, and he also just did not look very good for, in terms of fantasy production. But I think we both can agree that if Anthony Richardson, a.k.a. Uh, AR-15, lands in a good landing spot. He said he, just, he, said he doesn't want to be called that uh, last year. After no, there, was a, some, there was some shooting, uh, and he said he, did, he was getting rid of that. <laughs> that's honestly respectable. I think the same thing yeah, actually sure. happened with um, the one of the Lakers players, Austin Reeves. He's... Uh, I think he wears number fifteen. AR forty one or no? No, no. That's that's, a, that's that was Kamara AK forty one. AK forty one. But uh, there's another no, Reeves. Too. Yeah, that was AK forty seven. Uh, I respect him a lot for for moving away from that nickname for sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But regardless, but, yeah, I definitely I think, agree with you. I think if he gets the first round draft capital, I think he's going to be someone who's pretty interesting for fantasy. Um, I think that he's going to be a guy who. I mean, if he got if he was a first round pick, I would be pretty shocked if he does he not go be. in the first round. Of super I, I've seen him. Drafts. I've seen him go in the. Well, I've seen him go like mostly in the mid first round for the NFL draft, and right. I really do think that he should be in the conversation from like the 105 to the 108 in superflex drafts. Like not even like barely sneaking into the first round. He should be a mid first rounder. Yeah, just because of the of the upside he presents. Like, like I like these wide receivers. I like Quint, I like Quentin Johnston. I like Addison. I like Smith and Jigba. They all have good profiles, and they're all going to be first round wide receivers. And they all have very good production. Uh, there's some red flags in, in each one of them. Not like red flags, but like kind of like yellow flags. There's no Jamar Chase in this class. And so with that, like if you're looking at those guys versus Anthony Richardson, then there's definitely going to be a lot of debate for me. And I will, I know as well in the community, a lot of debate whether they're going to like, what's the order going to be for consensus in first round rookie drafts. But I definitely think that should be more of his range. Than like 109 to 112. I think Richardson should go at, at, 
before that or at the very least like around like 109 yeah, unless he falls unless he falls to like the third round like Malik Willis does like I guess nothing's impossible but like he should I be I feel like that's highly unlikely I, I honestly think one of the reasons that Malik Willis scared a lot of people off last year was that he came from Liberty I think yeah. with a school like Florida I think it gives Richardson a lot more credibility in terms of like the coaching staff and the, the pedigree with the program there I yeah. think I think coaches people like people like there's a lot of quarterbacks there's a lot of things to fall in love with with Richardson the stronger arm the size um His speed and the athleticism right yeah there's a there's a lot to to like with him and that's not me saying uh what i like about him because i mean it is what i like about him but that's just what like it's more so what i'm saying uh that's what the nfl is gonna love about him because we've seen them do it time and time again where they like someone because of these traits and they get rocketed up the draft boards and i definitely think that like if i'm an nfl team like you take that shot on a, a guy like you don't expect him you don't, you don't say he's definitely going to be the solution but you say there's definitely a chance that he, he pans out and he has he carries great upside oh absolutely um, i don't think he's a good passing prospect uh no by any stretch of the imagination his mechanics, but... are, his mechanics are awful like he's like all arm and his footwork yeah. is a mess um, he has... it shows in his production too yeah absolutely but... all right let's, let's wrap things up here with talking about uh, Will Levis, and then we'll wrap with ranking of the top four quarterbacks right now for fantasy and for real life where we are at right now. Again, pretty early into the process, but just for fun. Uh, so let's talk Will Levis. You know, obviously from Kentucky, uh, extremely strong arm. Has some decent scrambling capabilities as well. What do you think about his production profile, and where do you see him going in the NFL draft? Yeah, his passing efficiency is not very good. And he, like he's an older prospect, he does have some scrambling efficiency. He's going to be drafted very highly. I do think he's going to be a top fifteen pick. Um, I, I think I out of these guys, I'd be, I'd be shocked if he makes it out of the top fifteen, top ten, maybe honestly. Yeah, out of these guys, he's fourth for me in fantasy, and I don't know if he's third or fourth in reality. I'm going to say I'm not going to make that decision. So, um, hey, you can you can nah, change your mind, though, bro. It's February. We have plenty of time. Yeah, I know. Wait. Yeah, I'm gonna say for reality, my uh, my my decision for whether which of these two quarterbacks is better in reality is uh, I'm I'm really not sure, and I think that's perfectly fine. Like I was saying, I was gonna say right. the same thing for Stroud versus Young. Like the chances, like whatever one ends up better, like you have one as your QB one and QB two. That's not saying that I definitely think that one's gonna be better than the other. That's saying like I think there's a 55% chance that Young is better or like a 55% chance that Stroud is better and that's absolutely fine and it's the same thing with Richardson and Levis and like I even think that the like the split between like a Stroud and an Anthony Richardson is probably like I don't know maybe it 70 30 but that also feels that feels pretty certain but also just certain enough like 70 30 is absolutely fine um yeah Richardson, Richardson's ceiling is so high I mean if if you know you fast forward five years from now and somebody told me that he turned out to be a future MVP like I would believe you you know, it's like possible. he has that high of a ceiling, but I don't think it's, it's likely, you know. It's if you awesome. travel back in time and told me that, first I would ask you to prove that you could travel back in time. But right. certainly everyone everyone has that that kind of ceiling. But it is it is helped a lot by uh, the uh, athleticism, the arm strength, all those beautiful traits. And that's exactly what we're talking about, why the NFL could fall in love with them. Yeah, absolutely. I think I honestly think that Will Levis um, feels like a pretty good fit for the Colts. Uh, I definitely could see the Colts taking a shot on him. I just feel like it's a pick that they would make, um, you know, um, going to a Midwestern college. Uh, he's a big white boy with a big arm. That just feels like he's oh, going to fit right in in Indianapolis. 
Yeah, he'll, he'll fit right in there in Indianapolis. All the fans are going to love him. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he has, he does have good, good tools, you know, I mean, he was playing in the SEC. He had a better 2021 than he did 2022. It's pretty interesting to see, um, you know, how he played this past season, lost a lot of his best weapons in college, uh, struggled a bit with an injury this year as well. So his tape isn't as good as it could have been. Right. I think it's going to be a really pull. I think Will Levis is going to be a very polarizing prospect throughout this process. Like, I think that he's going to be a guy who, some analysts have as like their QB two, maybe even shock the world and go QB one. Um, but I definitely think that a lot of people might even have him as their QB four in terms of real life and fantasy analysis. But his tools are really, really nice. It's just going to depend on the landing spot, the draft capital invested, and in the situation he goes to. Honestly, um, I like his film. I think he has some really nice flashes, but he struggles with consistency. Again, you know that injury and the lack of weapons is is tough for him. Uh, you know when you look at his film. Um, definitely going to watch some more Levisto and get a better read on, you know, the, his play style and whatnot still. Um, but for now, I, like you mentioned, Akash, I don't think I'll commit to who's better right now in my rankings between Richardson and Levis uh, for real life and, well, not for fantasy. I think for <laughs> Richardson's definitely better for fantasy. But for real life, I think I have I, I changed my mind. One. You changed your mind? Yeah, you, you finished, but I'll, yeah, I said I changed I, my mind. You okay, I'll do my rankings for both real quick and we'll do yours and we'll wrap. So mm. for real life talent right now, I think I have Stroud at QB1. Young QB2, but it's more of a 1A, 1B situation. I think they're both in there. I think they're both the clear top tier in this class uh, with Young and Stroud. I think you can flip-flop them either way. I have Stroud at 1A, Young at 1B due to some weight concerns, and I think that Stroud just has a better arm. Um, and then, you know, I think the tier two, I'm going to go with a 2A of Levis and 2B with Richardson. And then for fantasy, I think number one, uh, I'm going to go with – man, it's tough. Like – it really depends on Richardson's like hypothetical draft capital. Like, let's say he's the, the 15th yeah. pick. I'll probably put him at QB. I don't know, man. Like, do you put Richardson above Young or Stroud in fantasy, even if they all get first round draft capital? Or no. do you think Rich- I think Richardson's probably QB1 for fantasy if he gets first round draft capital. So let's say for if no. let's say they all get first that. round draft capital. Don't say that. You don't don't say so? that. No, no, because Stroud and Young are a lot better passers. And Young can rush a little bit. Stroud's not going to rush in the NFL. Yeah, okay, I'll do. Um, I'll say this. I'll say this. I won't be too bullish. Thing about, I'll, I'll like, say for fantasy, I'll put Young at QB1 because he can run a little bit more. <sighs> Is that right, though? I don't know, man. I'm kind of fighting my gut here. What are you saying? At one? I said Young, but Stroud's yeah. not QB1 in real life. I'll go. No, I'll yeah, take, that, take the mirror, rushing. I'll just mirror my real life rankings for now. No, yeah, Let's no. I, I, think, I think I'll you're right. Or, sorry, uh, I think you're right. If, if I had. Levis. I'm going to do uh, QB1, Stroud, QB2, Young, QB3, Richardson, and QB4, Levis for fantasy for now. So for real life, it's the exact same. Uh, Stroud 1, Young 2, Richardson 3, and Levis 4 are flipped. So for fantasy, Levis is going to be last. And for real life, Richardson is going to be last for now. But I do think all these quarterbacks are first-round quality draft picks, uh, which is a big difference from last year, where the only quarterback I had with a first-round talent grade was Kenny Pickett, and he was a mid to late first. (laughs) Um, so this year it's refreshing to actually have some, some top end QB talent. And I also will say, yeah. I'm actually excited to have a bit of a, a QB one, uh, you know, debate in the fantasy space. The last few years, we haven't really had that uh, in terms of yeah. like, who's your QB one. It was pretty consensus. It was Trevor Lawrence. It was pretty consensus. It was Joe Burrow, pretty consensus that it was Kenny Pickett for most people or Malik Willis. It would, no one really cared though, you know, yes, like, no this year cared. young and Stroud is going to be pretty fun to see what happens, but all right. Yeah. Final rankings for me again, real life. It's going to be. Stroud, Young, 
uh, Levis Richardson. And then for fantasy, it's going to be Stroud, Young, uh, Richardson, Levis. So, Akash, what are yours? And then we'll get out of here. So, I'll say I think you're right to lean towards Young for fantasy before you change your mind. So, you should change it back. Because what you're looking for from for fantasy. And when rushing um, from Young, and this could this is just going to be kind of rough because – I have not modeled exactly like exactly what you're looking at, but I, if I had to guess, you're probably going to be looking at around three to four points per game from Young on the ground, maybe two to three, and then for uh, for Stroud, you're looking at like z- like probably about one zero to one zero to two one to two maybe, and it seems like that might not be a lot, but it should be like. One to two versus three to four, uh, that's that's gonna be quite a, quite a big difference. That takes you from having like like if you have the same passing season, that'll take you from maybe your QB four on the season to maybe your QB nine ish. And so there there's something that that matters there. Right. Um, for real life, the one change that I have made is I'm gonna take Richardson over Levis. Okay. Um, at passing they're, wise, they're neither of them are very impressive for me. But we've seen what happens when you create an offense around a rushing quarterback. And they both like Levis can scramble a little bit, but Anthony Richards can really rush. Like take like what I was thinking what, what I was gonna he say. He can really rush. Is that when you look at the Bears offense, you have Fields, who is not that much of a passer last year in terms of both volume and efficiency. It got a little better as the year goes I mean, on. He was scoring the Walmart employees, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, but like even if you don't have anything like re- like receiver wise or passing wise in the offense, you have Justin Fields who was creating a lot of plays on the ground, and so it was a not a super efficient offense, but it was a lot more efficient than it would have been if it had been the same amount of passing, but instead it was Derek Carr or something about of rushing. And so right. with that rushing, you can have like positive expected points added players, um, such as like that's what Fields was last year even though he had a pretty bad com- like completion percentage of expected accuracy, all that was not very good, but he was still a positive player in terms of what he added to the offense because of the rushing ability. Like you saw every other week, he had like a, a like a 40, 50 yard rush. Sometimes it was for a touchdown. It's all very impressive. And just for that reason, I think Richardson's going to offer more to an NFL offense. All right. Fair. So I do have to, here. I do have to go. Yes. Yeah, run through your final rankings real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, for fantasy, I think it's – yeah, it should be the same. But fantasy and reality, uh, it's going to be Young, then Stroud, then Gap, then uh, Richardson, and then Levis. I think there might be a gap between Young and Stroud in fantasy as well. But that's what it's I'm It's definitely ranking. possible. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. And remember – Whopper, 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 junior, double, triple, whopper, flame grilled taste with perfect toppers. I rule this day at BK.